Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to week two of our brand new series, Above All Else. Um, if you're joining for the very first time and missed last week's message, um, this whole series is based on Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, which says, Above all else, guard your heart, for from it flow everything in life. And, um, and so for me, we, we talked about how when the Bible says above all else, um, that's sort of reason for us to sit at attention, to uh, lean in and, and listen to what the instructions that follow that, um, that phrasing are going to be. So, so, so what we're reading here is above all else, we've got to guard our heart. For from our heart flows everything in life. So we're going to be really vigilant and diligent in guarding our heart. So one way that we're going to look at doing that over the, this, the course of this series is by looking at spiritual disciplines, uh, looking at ways in which we can um, directly connect with God to make sure that the input into our hearts is of such high quality that the, the only natural flow from our life is high quality as well. It's like input in equals output out. And so the more of God we get in, then essentially the more of God should come out of us. Uh, and so what we're doing, we're basing, basing uh, this teaching off uh, Richard Foster's book, Celebration of Discipline. And uh, we've sent the link out many times for you to grab a copy of this online. It's about 20 bucks. Um, and we're just going to read a chapter a week, study it, and then put into practices these spiritual disciplines one at a time, just to get familiar with what they are, what they mean, how they can look like for our life. And, and I'm really excited to see what God will do in your life and my life as a result of um, putting these disciplines into place. So we looked at last week um, an overview of the whole series. We're going to look at 12 of these disciplines, um, four are inward, four are outward, and four are corporate. Uh, the inward ones are meditation, prayer, study, and fasting. The outward ones are simplicity, solitude, submission, and service. And then the four corporate ones are confession, worship, guidance, and celebration. And so we're going to, as I said, break down one of those per week. Uh, we're going to ponder and then we're going to practice each discipline as we roll through. A um, couple of things, key things we looked at last week in our introduction message to this series was uh, that spiritual disciplines are not for spiritual giants. Spiritual disciplines are not some form of dull drudgery. Um, they, in fact, they are designed to bring out uh, life and joy and hope and peace inside of us. And they're not hard or complicated. They are easily accessible disciplines and practices uh, for somebody who is brand new to faith or someone who has a, had a relationship with God for 50 years. Um, they're very uh, uncomplicated and easy. The only tricky thing about them is uh, us disciplining ourselves to be disciplined by the disciplines. And what I mean by that is, is us actually being bothered to find the time to do them. Um, that's probably going to be the hardest thing. So, um, And what else we looked at was God has given us these disciplines as a means of receiving His grace. Uh, the disciplines allow us to place ourselves before God uh, where He can transform us. In other words, uh, by themselves, these spiritual disciplines are, are nothing of um, power, prominence, or, or, or in and of themselves, they're not that big a deal, but what they do is they take us to a place where we sit before God, where He does the transformative work inside of our hearts, inside of our minds, and ultimately through our lives. So they're just really a vehicle that gets us into the presence of God. 
Um, so last week we put the challenge, and we'll do this at the end of every week, uh, of something to ponder and something to practice in regards to this. So last week's um, ponder question was, uh, what does spiritual formation or spiritual disciplines mean to you? Um, so hopefully this week you've had a chance to ponder that, to think about spiritual disciplines, what it, indeed it does mean to you, what significance does it hold. And, and the other part of that question was, what was one thing that really stood out for you um, in last week's message that was really relevant or helpful for you? Um, so have a think about those, ponder those. If you want to, you can put those thoughts that you got in the comment or the chat bar today. We'd love to hear them. Uh, and then the second part was the practice part. And the practice part was... Um, getting a copy of this book and making the commitment to join us together. We would love for every single member that calls calls C3CH their home church to be on this uh, journey together. We we are all about making disciples. We don't just want um, bums on seats. We want people filling um, heaven with a, a flourishing relationship with God. And so buy a copy of this book, commit to being on this journey with us and uh, watch and see what God will do in your life. Um, I have ordered a bunch of copies uh, here at church. If you, for whatever reason, can't get one, um, they'll be available. Just contact me directly and you can purchase one. Or if you can't afford it, I will make sure you get that. So, um, jumping into today's message, the first discipline that we are going to look at is the discipline of meditation. So why don't we just cross our legs and open our palms and look to the sky and we'll just meditate. Hmm. That's what it's about. This this is the thing, is... um, Meditation in Christian circles, from my experience, is quite contentious. Um, There is a stigma around the word meditation that us Christians get uncomfortable with sometimes. And it's almost like if we go too close to it, we're going to catch the devil's germs and get somehow infected with this demonic force if we go near meditation. That it's something to be really avoided because it's super evil and dark and scary. Um, And... And that's actually not what we're looking at today. That's actually not what Christian meditation is. Um, Today we're going to learn that it's actually a very ancient practice. Um, It's a very normative part of um, an experiential faith and walk with God as we uh, grow in discipleship to Him. Um, In the book, Foster would say that the reality is our enemy Satan um, majors in three things. He majors in uh, noise, hurry and crowds. If he can keep us engaged in muchness and manyness, then he will rest satisfied. Um, Secular psychiatrist Carl Jung says this. He says that um, hurry is not of the devil. Hurry is the devil. That there's a pace that exists in contemporary life that is not compatible with uh, a healthy, balanced life for the human condition. And so the enemy rubs his hands together and goes, if I can get people busy, distracted uh, and running around like headless chooks, then I'm happy because that takes them away from a place where they can have meaningful time with their creator, where they can reflect on who they are and whose they are and then live their life from that revelation, from that place. And so you and I have to be acutely aware of of the the speed at which we live life because we can say that we're walking with Jesus but if we were to take a a stock take or a macro view of our life and realize that the pace at which we live perhaps we're even walking ahead of Jesus um, and and not walking in the rhythms or the pace of life that he would have for us because at the end of the day he is the the, the author and the perfecter of our faith right He, he knows the beginning from the end and he's got our life mapped out before us 
us. And, and so our best life on this earth is found walking in the rhythms that Jesus would have for us. And if we create rhythms that are, are, are too fast for God's supernatural rhythms for us, we will find ourselves walking farther, further ahead than where he is. And, and, and the more we do that, the further away from Jesus we get. And we get overwhelmed, we get burnt out, we get all these things. But we've got to, uh, meditation is one thing that will slow us down and help us live in step and in rhythm with the Spirit of God and the plan of God. So, um, as we said at the outset, this is quite an ancient practice. This is quite a biblical practice. I'm going to show some examples now of where we see meditation in the Bible. Uh, Genesis 24:63 says, Isaac went out to meditate in the field in the evening. So here we see Isaac goes out in the middle of the field, gets amongst nature, and just meditates with God. Psalm 66, 63, verse 6 says, I think of thee upon my bed and meditate upon thee in the watches of the night. Psalm 119, 148. My eyes are awake before the watches of the night, that I may meditate upon thy promise. Uh, 1 Kings 19, uh, verse 9 to 18, talks about how uh, Elijah spent many days and nights um, uh, in the wilderness learning how to discern the still, small voice of Yahweh. How, how to, he, he could um, in tune himself to hear that, that beautiful, sweet, uh, still, small voice of God. Uh, Matthew 14, verse 13, um, in the midst of an exceedingly busy ministry, Jesus would often um, uh, remove himself to a place of solitude to connect with God. Now, he, he did not remove himself from people. He did it so he could get closer to God, not further away from people. And, and what Jesus was doing was essentially setting up a, a, a pattern and an idea for us that, you know what, as busy as life can get, we must prioritize time to step away from the busyness in order to, to slow ourselves down to the pace and rhythm of life that God has for us and sitting at the feet of our Heavenly Father and meditating and slowing ourselves down is one beautiful way of shifting gears and slowing down to, to encounter God at, at His pace and in His way. Um, so in, in doing those things, in all these practices of meditation, God would speak to these people. And God didn't speak to these people um, because they were super spiritually gifted or because they were heavyweights of the faith. God spoke to these people because they were willing to put a spiritual discipline in their life that would position them where they could hear from God. And as we, we talked about last week in James, it talks about when we draw near to God, God draws near to us. And one way we draw near to God is by simply uh, quietening our lives, slowing ourselves down and sitting at the feet of God and allowing His Spirit to pour into our spirit. Um, here is a very simple definition of what Christian meditation is. It's the ability to hear God's voice and obey His word. That's purely and simply what it is. The ability to hear God's voice and obey His word. So, um, Let's look at some misconceptions. Before we jump into what meditation is, let's look at some misconceptions. We, we opened this very message with what one misconception is, is that it's somehow synonymous with Eastern religions. And if we dabble in it, then we're somehow going to catch the devil's disease and be possessed. Um, but that, that could not be further from the truth. Um, Eastern meditation and Christian meditation are polar opposites. They are completely different. Here are the main differences. Eastern religion uh, meditation says this. It says that the goal is to empty the mind. Christian meditation, the goal is to 
fill the mind, that we are thinking on the goodness of God, the things of God, the presence of God. Eastern meditation is to empty the mind. Christian meditation is to fill the mind. Eastern religious meditation is to... um, Our personal identity is lost because we are emptying ourselves of our own desires, our own ability, our own um, connection with this world. It's all about empty, so we lose our identity. Whereas Christian meditation, it's, it's where we find our identity. As we fill our mind with God, as we think on the things of God, we discover who we truly are. Eastern meditation, uh, the emphasis is on detachment. Christian meditation, the emphasis is on attachment. We are attaching ourselves to God. Eastern meditation, the emphasis, uh, oh sorry, there is no God to connect with or hear from. Whereas Christian meditation, there absolutely is the one true living and loving God who we connect with and we hear from. So these two forms of meditation are completely different, uh, both in their form and their function. And it's, it's sort of, it's good for us to understand that so that we can reclaim what is holy and righteous and not um, be re- repel it because we somehow have a misconception about what it really is. The second misconception is that it's difficult or that it's complicated. Um, uh, Those who could be perceived as experts in spiritual disciplines would laugh in the face of even being called that because of how simple it is. In in fact, they they would say that these disciplines are as basic and natural and significant and as important as breathing. That as we breathe um, to fill our lungs with oxygen so that we can live this life, that's how simple these spiritual disciplines ought to be in order to breathe life into our spirit. We don't need any uh, special powers or we don't need any special abilities or giftings. Uh, We just simply need to make ourselves available to connect with God. The third thing, that it's, it's impractical and wholly out of touch with uh, 21st century uh, living and lifestyles. And I would push back hard on that and say that um, never has meditation been more needed or more relevant than in today's day and age. Um, Thomas Merriton writes that meditation has no point in reality unless it is completely linked to our life. It needs to be rooted in our life. It cannot um, be a mere practice that doesn't flow into our daily rhythms. Uh, Meditation sends us into our ordinary lives um, with a greater sense of perspective and balance. That as we spend time with God, as we spend time discovering who we are and whose we are, we can get back out into ordinary life with a greater perspective of how life works and our role in life and a greater sense of balance in who we are and a sense of security in this big world that we live in. Okay, so moving on to the next point. I want to read a poem that you'll find in the book um, by Frederick W. Faber. It says this, very simple little poem, only to sit and think of God. Oh, what a joy it is to think the thought, to breathe the name, earth has no higher bliss. What that's talking about is how beautiful it is to just sit and ponder the beauty of God, the bigness of God, His name, what it means, what He's done. And and the thing with that is, if we were to be really honest and truthful with ourselves, when we hear that poem or hear that idea, we totally agree with that in theory, right? Like there is some, something beautiful about just sitting and pondering the goodness of God and the things of God. Um, and in theory, it, it is such a sweet idea. But do our lives in reality actually line up with that notion? 
um, because that's one of those things that's far easier said than done, right? It's far easier to talk about, you know, connecting with God than it is to actually connect with God. Um, Foster writes that those who meditate know the, um, the more frequent reaction is um, not necessarily bliss like uh, we, we just read there, but more like a spiritual inertia, um, even coldness or lack of desire. Human, be- human beings seem to have a tendency to have somebody else talk to God for them. And that's that whole concept of second-handed spirituality that we talked about last week, that um, we have bought into this um, consumeristic form of spirituality. If we can just get the pastor to feed us uh, a good sermon on Sunday, if we get the worship team just to give us a little tingle on our uh, on our necks during worship, if we can just uh, get, get someone to post a really cool quote on Twitter or Instagram, then, then those things will sustain us and keep us because we don't want to have to do the hard work or heavy lifting of connecting with God ourselves. But as good as all of those things are, like we talked about last week, they are secondary and not primary. That they are, they are a supplement, not the source of nourishment. And, and so we're going to be really careful that we don't allow uh, secondary things to be primary forms of our, our feeding when it comes to things of the Spirit. This is why I'm so excited about this series, because it's going to, uh, it's going to test us, it's going to push us, it's going to challenge us and stretch us um, to go beyond uh, a second-hand form of spirituality to a first-hand encounter with God for ourselves. And so that might be scary or daunting for some people, but hey, just like COVID-19, we are all in this together. So when it comes to spiritual disciplines, we are all in this together. We're going to help each other, encourage each other, and uh, it's going to be amazing. So let's get practical. Okay, so that's a bit of an overview, a bit of an intro to meditation. Um, let's, let's talk about uh, meditation itself. Now, we, we cannot learn meditation simply from a book. You cannot learn meditation even from a message like this. The only way you can truly learn how to meditate is, drumroll please, through meditating. we just got to do it. We've got to actually do the, the, the work of putting time aside to actually meditate. And it's in there we, we learn how to actually meditate and what works for us, how we connect with God. Um, so he, when it comes to prepping for um, meditation, here's some things to consider. First of all is the time. Not only what time you will meditate, but how much time will you give to meditation. Um, and, and maybe start off small, like five or ten minutes, and, and, and really ease yourself in. Um, and when, like, what's a good time of day for you? When are you less, least stressed? When are you um, least burdened down with um, big decisions that you need to make? When are you at your um, emotional and physical and mental best? Because I kind of figure if, if we're going to spend time with God who has our best interests at heart, we need to bring Him our best. And the Bible's full of um, examples where people would bring God their best, their best offering, their best, best this, their best that. And so for, for meditation, when it comes to time, I would encourage you and I to give God our best time. When are we at our best? And for some of you, it could be five in the morning. For some of us, it could be 10 o'clock at night. Others, it could be during a lunch break and we put half an hour aside just to go to a park and, and really ponder and think about God. Um, and, and without being religious, we've got to make that time regular and consistent so that we know that this is the rhythm of life that we have, that we connect with God that's going to be very helpful for us. The second thing to consider is the place. Where are we going to do it? Um, and, and make that place as consistent as possible. It needs to be a place that's fairly quiet, a place that is distraction-free, where we can just 
enjoy and, and, and be with God. Um, for me, I like the beach. I like finding a little isolated pocket on the beach and just sitting there and just thinking about God and, and all his wonder and majesty. And, and, and that's how I like to meditate and connect with God. Um, and one thing Richard Foster says too, which I find interesting, is, is to make that place consistent so that um, that place becomes synonymous and almost sacred. Um, he said it's, it's, it's not great for us to gain any sort of spiritual traction if we are constantly trying to find new places to go and explore different places to, to have these, these, these slow down sacred moments with God. He says, find a place. I know some people have a certain chair in their room and they go and that's their prayer chair, that's their meditation chair, and they'll just sit on that chair for, for 20 minutes, half an hour a day, and that's where they connect with God. So um, that chair becomes synonymous with the presence of God and connecting with God. So if, if they're having a bad day or a rough time or, or life's going bad, they know that even though it might not be their scheduled time, that chair is where they connect with God. So they go and they sit in that chair and they have that time. So whatever it is for you, um, find that. And the third thing to consider is um, our posture. And in pages 32 to 33, I won't read it now, but go ahead and read that in your books. Um, it talks about our posture, like um, that our body language when it comes to meditation actually is important. And he would say that sitting uh, in a seated position and upright is probably the best way to um, tell our body that we are at attention and focused. Uh, I know over the years I've tried to, I'll go to bed and I'll lie down, I'll go, God, I'm just going to lie in your presence. And I lie in his presence for about 30 seconds before I go to sleep. And so that for me is not the best time or the best posture um, for me to uh, meditate because I'm just going to not off. Um, so we've got to think about what is the best posture for us when it comes to meditation. Okay, so now we're going to look at um, four types of meditation and then we're going to set this week's um, ponder and practice uh, challenge for us. So the first is um, meditation on scripture and so this is where we will um, just find a passage and just slowly tiptoe through that passage and we will just go word for word, thought for thought and this is where um, the living word of God becomes like a, a, a personalized um, uh, story for us, that God is addressing us personally, that we're not trying to read a passage of scripture that we God, that's helpful for that person. We're trying to let God speak to us through his holy word um, about something that he could give us, change in us, do for us, or, or whatever it is that he's challenging us on. We meditate on scripture and we just go slowly. Um, and if you read in, in your book uh, on page 34, it talks about St. Ignatius of La Jolla, um, Loyola, sorry, and and the thought of um, that we read there about tasting and smelling and and feeling what it was like, like when we read the passage, we try and put ourselves and immerse ourselves in the story, so we become one of the characters walking around, seeing the sights, hearing the sounds, smelling the smells of what was happening at that particular time to really um, bring ourselves into that place of connectedness with God through His Word. Um, the second is called recollection form of meditation and this um, this is where we uh, we think about our, our life our concerns and we connect our situation with with God and so there's a practice called the um, hands down 
hand, oh, sorry, palms down, palms up technique, which we will do this this week. And basically it's this, it's palms down is releasing stuff from our lives to God. Palms up is receiving things into our lives from God. So here's how it would go. Um, palms down, you might go, I, I release my, my fear of that, that medical test that I've just had and I don't know the outcome, God. I, I release that fear. Or I release that offense that that, that person did to me, that, that horrible thing. I release that. I, I release my, my financial burdens uh, from, from my concern and my worry. And so we just spend time releasing. And then we just spend a few minutes just thinking about God. And, and you might even feel in your hands like, like, like something move through your hands, like this actual release of, of energy or whatever as we, we palms down release those things to God. And then we just think about what, what is God revealing, what is God showing us in those moments, and we just reflect. And we just hold that for a few minutes. And then we flip it and go, okay, we're going to go palms up. And so we, we would take that exact, those exact same prayers, but we'd flip the intention. So we would go, all right, God, I receive your strength and your peace. Even though I haven't got the test results back yet, I, I still receive your peace. Or I receive um, uh, re- release and forgiveness for that person that's offended me. I, I receive your grace to, to forgive them. Or I receive your strength and your peace to, to not worry any longer about my finances. So palm down palm up and then we think about um, what it is that we feel God is giving to us that we're receiving from those palm up meditations. Um, Third is meditation on creation. Um, And Psalm 19 talks about how um, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament, you know, approves his handiwork. And, um, and so really, this is one of my favorite ones. This is one that I like. This is why I go to the beach for my meditation time is because I like to feel the sand between my toes. I like to feel the breeze on my face. I like to feel the sun on my skin. I like to watch the waves roll in. I like to consider how the, the earth functions and cycles seemingly all by itself that the tides come in and the tides go out, that the sun sets, the sun rises, that seasons come and seasons go, and, and seemingly all by themselves, but we know that that doesn't happen by itself, that there is a creator God who has uh, put all of those functions into motion. And when I sit and I ponder and I think about um, God through the, the, the amazing um, form of creation, it just makes me think about how incredible he is, how wonderful he is, how big he is, how powerful he is, and also that that big, wonderful, powerful God actually cares so much about you and cares so much about me um, that he would consider me worthy of having his son come into this world and die and pay the price for the sin that should have sent me to eternal damnation. I don't know, I don't have to pay that price because this infinite God of creation saw, loved me so much and saw me as worthy that he would send his son as the mediator between um, himself and, and me. And so that for me is, is one of the most powerful ways that I meditate is through creation. Um, and fourthly is um, meditation on the events of the times. So what this is all about is basically where you will meditate with the Bible in one hand, the newspaper in the other hand, and you will just try and get a prophetic insight into what you think the, the significance of um, the events of the current day are, um, and and how would you get 
a prophetic word for yourself to be the light and salt of the world in times such as these. So we, we might go, okay, I'm, I'm going to just look at what is happening in this global pandemic right now. This is a current event. Um, what is happening in the political climate of our nation and the nations around the world? And, and what do I read in the Bible about how God navigates his people through times of crisis, times of political uncertainty? Uh, and then with those two things in mind, what is actually happening in the world? what the Bible has said and given us example in, in, in history about, then trying to hear from the Spirit through meditation about how it is that God would lead you to be the salt and to be the light in this earth during this time with the unique set of circumstances that we face today. And, and that is... That's an interesting form of meditation. That's a big form of meditation. Um, that does call us to action. That does call us to a level of intercessory prayer. Um, obviously, for people in political positions of power and people who are marginalized and suffering and all those things that we can see happening in the world around us. So, um, that is a, a big uh, type of meditation. So, they're the four um, types that we see um, is meditation on scripture. Um, recollection, which is palms down, palms up, meditation on creation, and meditation on the events of this time. Um, so the purpose of meditation, in a nutshell, is to enable us to hear God more clearly. We invite the Holy Spirit to come and work within us, teaching, cleansing, comforting, and rebuking us. We also surround ourselves with the strong light of Christ to protect us from any influence that is not of God. That's the point of meditation, to invite the Holy Spirit, to invite the Spirit of Christ in us as a strong source of protection. And so ultimately, this brings us back to the whole uh, idea of this series, which is above all else, guard your heart. And through meditation is one form of spiritual discipline that we can actually invite uh, a closeness with God through the presence of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, to actually guard and protect our hearts so that what flows out of our heart, which is all the issues of life, will be good and wholesome and nourishing and helpful for us to make this world a better place. Um, so, in closing, ponder and practice. The two things that we're going to um, put into motion so we can actually be uh, active in this series, that this is not a series just to consume, that's really nice, but we're going to participate, all members on the field, playing the game together. And uh, So we are, this week are going to ponder, what are some things in your life that make your world crowded? Let's ponder that. Even right now, you can probably think of five things off the top of your head. What are some things that make your life crowded? And then ask yourself a follow-up question. Do you think you actually have a desire to hear the Lord's voice in the midst of all the clutter in your world? Do you actually have a desire? Do I actually have a desire to hear the voice of God for myself in the midst of the clutter, or, or am I willing just to go through the motions of secondhand spirituality, listen to that podcast, watch that Instagram show, listen to that worship, whatever it is, take things that are, are secondary and make them primary, or do I want to put those aside in their rightful place and, and, and let God speak to me through the clutter of my life? And how can I make my life as clutter-free as possible to hear more of God? That's a lot to ponder, I know, but the practice is this one. So, I'm setting a challenge that we would each find five to ten minutes a day over the next six days, right? So we'll come together next Sunday. So from tomorrow through to Saturday, five to ten minutes a day. And for Monday and Tuesday, I want us to practice meditating on Scripture. 
Okay, we're going to practice that particular form of meditation. We're going to get our favorite passage, whatever it is that you like or you've been reading lately, and just spend five or ten minutes slowing down the rhythm of your life and just thinking deeply and slowly about that passage and putting yourself in the story, making it a personalized letter to you about what's going on in Scripture so that God can speak to you through His Word. So that's Monday, Tuesday, five to ten minutes. Uh, and then what I want to do is, is right at the end of that, just a quick little note on what we learn about ourselves or what we learned about God through that process, through the process of meditating on Scripture. Wednesday, Thursday, what I want us to do is the uh, recollection uh, type of meditation where we do the palms down, palm up. Okay, so releasing uh, the worry, concerns, things in our world, and then receiving what God would have for us in those areas. So that's Wednesday, Thursday. We're going to do recollection. We're going to do palm down, palm up. And then at the end of that five or ten minutes, write down what they learn about God, what they learn about myself. And then we're going to finish the week strong on Friday and Saturday by meditating on creation. Finding somewhere where you can just look at a tree in intricate detail, look at a wave breaking in, look at a sunset, look at a sunrise, whatever it is, and just really focus in on the detailed nuance of the incredible beauty of the nature that is around us and allow God to speak to you through His creation. And at the end of that five or ten minutes, Write down what you learn about yourself, what you learn about God. Uh, and then we'd love you in your open house groups to share uh, these things, share your experiences, uh, call each other midweek, check in on each other. Then ask yourselves, how are each other going with these types of meditation? And uh, again, we're just going to practice these things to see how it works for us, see how it fits into our lifestyle. And ultimately, the goal is so that we can hear God's voice and respond to His Word um, through this particular discipline. So there it is. In a nutshell, uh, discipline number one is meditation. And as we close, let me pray. Lord, we just thank you so much for this opportunity we have together together. Uh, I thank you for the challenge that lays ahead for us to engage um, and and practice these spiritual disciplines, that we're not just going to ponder them, we're not just going to learn about them, but we're going to actually spend some time, sacrifice some time, declutter our lives to prioritize you and and, and practice these spiritual disciplines. Lord, I pray for the week ahead. I pray for those, uh, Lord, that will do this uh, and meditate uh, on your word, meditate on your creation, meditate on uh, releasing and receiving things through you. Lord, I pray that you would just speak profoundly to us, that we would learn so much about you and so much about ourselves through this process. And Lord, I just pray that you would give a rich blessing to all of us in this church as we begin this journey this week. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen.